The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, it's April 13, 2022, and I am Larry Gassman, president of, or not president of, uh, that's another call, secretary of ACBDA. and we're here tonight, this is our monthly call, and we uh, talk about all things diabetic. Uh, and tonight, uh, in a little bit, we'll talk about ACBDA, how you can join as an affiliate, and we'll do that. First of all, I want to welcome Allison Smitherman, who is our host. And uh, she's been on many, 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 many calls with us, and we're delighted <laughs> to have you back again. Thank you. Glad to be here. And uh, let us know if you have to dive out. You're under a tornado watch, right? So let's. Right. You, know, you need to go. You need to go. Okay. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. And Herbie Allen is with us. Herbie is not only uh, a uh, person who facilitates calls, but he hosts, and now he's streaming as well. And thank you, Herbie, very much. Uh, you're welcome. And I uh, decided to cause trouble and let you hear yourself do the disclaimer. So. Uh, I was. I'm sorry that you've done that, and and I will get even. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about the psychological social aspects of diabetes, which is a chronic disease uh, and ha- is comes in many forms. Some of us are type 2 diabetes. There are type 1s. There are other forms as well. And, and living with that disease can be difficult, can be difficult. And uh, Dr. Jessie Rail is with us, and she's going to talk to us about aspects of that disease. She will also take your questions at some point down the line as well. So, uh, and when that happens, we will have uh, Allison, if she's still here, uh, help with regard to raising hands. But thank you so much for being with us, Jessie, and welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I'm really happy to do this presentation. Um, Actually, this is a reasonably new topic. Obviously, diabetes is not a new topic. Chronic medical illnesses are not new topics. But up until recently, people just kind of assumed that, oh, well, you've got diabetes, so you just have to deal with it. And, you know, hopefully your family and friends understand and um, yeah, it, it, but, you know, really, yeah, it's just the way it is. And that has been the same with all other chronic medical illnesses, whether we're talking about people who have migraines or rheumatoid arthritis or, um, you know, whatever. We just kind of had to, until recently, just suck it up and deal. And people never, ever, ever would have associated burnout with chronic medical illness you know burnout was something that people who work and they they work a lot of hours and they they extend themselves that was what burnout was but what we've come to realize thank goodness for people who have been living with this forever um is that burnout is a real serious part of having a chronic illness like diabetes. Um, it's because of, of different factors. There are fortunately things that you can do to cope. And actually, it is imperative that you try to do as many of these things as you can cope because 
when people are burned out, they basically have reached a point where stress is now unhealthy. So they're overstressed. Their bodies are toxic with cortisol and they're they're just pushed to their, their limits. And so stress affects our physical health adversely. And obviously diabetes doesn't help your physical health either. So, you know, people who have diabetes often have other situations going on. Maybe, maybe they've lost their sight to diabetes. Maybe their kidneys are affected. Maybe their heart's affected. You know, maybe they have um, peripheral neuropathy, you know, different things. And, And you could have several different things going on. So the more stressed you are, the more it's going to impact every single one of those conditions. And the more those conditions are in, impacted, the more stressed you're going to be. So it's kind of like a hamster in a maze, you know, they just keep going round and round and round and round. Um, and so what we have to do when we have chronic uh, medical illnesses is learn to minimize as much stress as possible. We take as many stressors out of our lives as we possibly can. And then we try to limit the other stressors. I don't have diabetes, but I do have uh, chronic rheumatoid arthritis. And I'm totally blind, partially deaf. And I have asthma. So (laughs) I've had these illnesses ever since I was a teenager. Um, And and have had to, to deal with them. I was blind as a baby, and then lost my hearing sometime, um, but I was wearing hearing aids by seventh grade. So, you know, as we deal with chronic illnesses, um, we have to constantly adapt. So when when you have burnout, basically you have irritability, you just feel tired. And I'm not talking about a tiredness. It's, it's fatigue. It's, it's a tiredness that goes beyond having worked all day or having cleaned up your yard or having taken a really long walk with your dog. It's, it's a tiredness beyond that. It's emotional. It's physical. It's all encompassing. And it's just a total fatigue. Um, people can become depressed. Um, you just feel like you have nothing left to give and you're running on empty um, because you extend so much of your energy trying to manage your health and trying to deal with other people's responses to your health. And sometimes those people mean well, sometimes maybe not, but you still have to deal with other people's responses to your health as well. And you have to deal with your own responses. And then you have to deal with worrying about the future. You know, what will happen two years from now or five years from now, or even a couple months from now. So, you know, then on top of that, <laughs> you, you have to think about meal preparation. Of course, that's really important for people who have diabetes because You've got to think about, you know, how much sugar are you taking in compared to the level of activity you're going to have 
compared to your insulin, compared to if you're really stressed, your sugars are going to be higher. And so you're constantly having to think about meal preparation. And that's not just one time a day. That's the three, four, five, six times a day. And some people with diabetes have to eat multiple meals a day. Some people can do well on just a couple. So, you know, you may have to worry about what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? You know, six times a day. Where the average person, people without diabetes, they just go eat whatever, or they don't worry about it. Because they don't have to worry about, you know, if my blood sugar goes too high, if my blood sugar goes too low, um, that's not likely going to happen to them, but it will happen to a person who is diabetic. Then you have to worry about medication management. And those of us who are visually impaired or totally blind have to worry about how are you going to know how to take your medicine? How are you going to know what your medication is? How are you going to know what the doses are? And yes, we've had a lot of technology that has helped us, but there still is, you know, there, there's things that are not accessible. Um, COVID tests are not accessible. I'm sure that many of the things that you use for diabetic management are still either halfway accessible or not completely accessible. And then even if there are out there, <clears throat> we have to figure out how to obtain them. Because as we all know, these uh, accessible products cost a lot more than they do the average person. And so then you have to figure out, okay, they're out there. So how am I going to afford them? So there are all kinds of things that have to do with medication management. And then, of course, you have to think about how are you going to get your medicine? How are you going to afford your medicine? Can you afford all the co-pays? Even if you have a really good insurance, you still have co-pays. And if you have a really not good insurance, you have even more co-pays. And so can you afford all of those? So there's that stressor. Then we have to think about how are we going to get to doctor visits? And are the doctors going to be receptive, especially if you have to go see a new doctor? Are they going to recognize that you're a person? Or are they going to see, oh, no, they're blind and they have diabetes and and I can't do anything about that? Um, Or are they going to see you as a valuable person with real life experiences and thoughts and feelings and concerns and and things that you still want to do? And then we have to think about how are we going to get there? And especially in COVID, that was a real issue because could you go face to face or did you have to deal with some telehealth platform that was maybe accessible, was not accessible? Did you have to go through the whole thing about, well, I can't use your video service, so can the doctor talk to me on the phone? Some doctors are saying, sure, no problem. Some doctors are saying, no way, you're going to use my video. And they're still saying it, even though a lot of the mandates and that type of thing have been lifted with COVID doctor, they're still choosing to see people on video because it's less expensive for them and it's easier for them. 
And if they're just talking to you about something that you talk about, you know, pretty much the same thing all the time, and they don't have to really physically see you, then they may choose that they're going to do video. And so then you still have to go through that. And then we have to think about how we're going to get to the test, you know, for blood work and all of that and get to and from and, and those types of things. And then you have to maybe deal with your medical com- insurance company. Some people don't have to deal too much with their insurance, but some people have to talk to their insurances practically all the time. Um, I just switched to one and I bet you a week doesn't go by that I don't have to make a call to them or they're not making a call to me over something. And it gets old. It gets exhausting. It's like, I don't want to talk to you while I'm in the middle of a Zoom call or in the middle of work, you know, but if you, if you want the bills paid, then sometimes you have to do that. And then sometimes we have to deal with medical expenses. How are we going to afford all of this? How are we going to afford the transportation? How are we even going to afford our insurance? Because again, some people are pretty fortunate in that they have good insurances and they have low premiums, but most people are not so fortunate. They have very high premiums and the insurance is not that good. So that is a whole layer of stress. And then you also have to deal with, you know, your family's responses. Every time you go to a social event, is somebody going to come bursting over and, oh, you're not supposed to eat those cookies, or, oh, you're not supposed to have two pieces of cake, or, well, can you even have one piece of cake? I had a really, really good friend of mine, and one of the things that we did every month, we had an MSCB meeting, and before or after that meeting, it was uh, at, at the mall where Subway was, and we would always get a soda, a diet soda for both of us, and we would always get a pack of cookies and split them. And that was just a thing that we would do. Now, he knew this is the person who had previously been a registered nurse, an ER technician nurse, and a respiratory therapist. So he was well-versed in medicine and in his condition. He knew what he had to do to you know, make the cookies possible. But it was just something that we would do. We would sit and talk and wait for our transportation, which took forever to get there usually. And and that's what we would do. Well, invariably, somebody from the chapter would, would stop by and, oh, David, you shouldn't be eating those cookies. You've got diabetes. And so he needed to be reminded. And it would just really stress him out and it would frustrate me. And I finally said, look, you know, you're talking to somebody who is well-versed in the medical field, far more than you are. And he's had this condition ever since he was a kid. I think by now he probably knows whether he can eat those cookies or not. And so, you know, sometimes you just have to tell people, you know, I know that you're trying to be helpful but I, I have to have a life. I have to live too. And if eating cookies is part of that life, that may be what you have to do. Because 
at the end of the day, it's not them, it's you. So then we have to deal with all the other stressors that, you know, everybody has to deal with cost of living, climate change, COVID, uh, you know, all that. So the signs of burnout include isolation. People tend to isolate. They have escape fantasies, maybe imagining that you lived a different life without your stressors or your, your diabetes. Uh, irritability. Sometimes people find that they become irritable or angry, which is not good because hypertension and diabetes can also make you feel irritable. So if you're already feeling irritable, the, yeah, and then you you have to deal with that, that can make you feel even more irritable or angry. And unfortunately, people usually are like, well, I don't want to be around you if you're going to be angry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and pe- <clears throat> people with chronic uh, medical problems become sick more often. You're more susceptible to even a little cold or a little flu or, you know, something like that. Most people can get a cold and it lasts five to seven days and they're over. They complain about it and do whatever they need to do, but you know, five to seven days, they're done. I get a cold and it can last two to three weeks and usually turn into bronchitis or an asthma thing. Um, most people can be around people who have colds and they may or may not get them. I can be around people who have colds. And I'm sure those of you with diabetes and especially severe, you can be around somebody and you have a cold immediately. So you always have to think about that as well. And as you know, we didn't have enough to think about with flu and colds, but now we have to think about COVID. Um, and then we talked about the fatigue that you that you experience, just the chronic fatigue. And unfortunately, the fatigue is not really relieved by sleep. A lot of people try to stay in bed and sleep more, and the fatigue is is right with you when you get up in the morning, when you're burned out. Um. Sometimes people have a difficult time with their emotions as well. You may feel overly emotional about your your condition or the stress, or you may just feel kind of numbed out, like, okay, it doesn't matter if it's there. Um, So some people feel hopeless and powerless. Um, Some people feel like they're very you know, out of control, they're, they're held captive. They can't really think or act on their own. Um, so that can be a real problem as well. So we have a lot of these things going on and probably more that I haven't even mentioned. Um, what can you do about it? Well, First of all, it's important to try to eliminate stressors, including people who constantly bring you down or are constantly negative. Now, I know you can't just 
take everybody who is negative or a pain in the tail end out of your life. You know, can't do that. But what you can probably do is limit your contact with those people, limit your association with those people. And you may be able to let them know that, well, they may think that they're well-intended. They're not being very helpful to you. And sometimes you just have to say that, you know, I really understand that you're trying to help me, but you're not really helping me. You're stressing me out more. And I, I, you know, so maybe, maybe this is something that you could do that would be more helpful. Some people are going to respond to that. Some people aren't, Um, but it gives you more of a sense of control of who does what, who says what to you. When I talked to the people who were constantly bothering my friend David over the cookie, they stopped and they were like, oh, well, you know, we just care. And I said, I know you care, but he's very much a control of his condition and he knows what he's doing. And so if he wants to enjoy three cookies with me once a month, he should be able to enjoy three cookies with me once a month. <laughs> um, another thing is, Keep your doctor appointments as much as you can. I know that that can be stressful too, but if you start skipping your doctor appointments or your counseling appointments or your diabetic education, they take that as you don't care about your condition or yourself, or you're not very vested in yourself. So try to keep your appointments um, to the extent that you can. Um, I know sometimes when, you know, you you keep going to these doctors and professionals and they want to give you one medication after another and it doesn't really seem to be helping, you know, you might start to think that they don't really know what they're talking about and that type of thing. And it's perfectly okay to seek another opinion. You know, a lot of times we don't do that because we're afraid that we're going to hurt the other person's feelings. Well, professionals should not get their feelings hurt if you seek another opinion. In fact, I always encourage my clients to do that. When uh, I worked as a therapist, I was like, you know, if you don't feel like you're getting what you need to get, you're welcome to seek another opinion. You, You can't go to another therapist and see me at the same time, but you can certainly seek a second opinion. And sometimes they would do that. And sometimes they would say, oh, I went to see that other therapist. And he, you know, that was a waste of my time. Oh, well, okay. Uh, and sometimes they would call. They would say, you know, I went to see this other therapist and I connected with them. And I was like, good. I'm glad you found somebody that you can connect with who will help you. You're welcome to return anytime. You know, I didn't get my feelings hurt and, and get angry with them or whatever, because that's not what, what professionals do. If they do, you're not dealing with a professional. So, you know, um, <clears throat> it, it's important to realize that we're not alone. People with chronic illness, we're not alone. There's a lot of people out there who have either the same thing or a similar thing or, you know, even something altogether different. But there are many people out there who have. So don't feel like you're alone. 
get as much support as you can. And one of the people who can be supportive of you is a dietitian. Because, you know, you may have gone to a diabetic education class when you first were diagnosed with the disease or somewhere along the line, but years go by and, you know, you start reading different things or hearing different things and it, and it all becomes kind of jumbled up in your head. So go back and, and talk to them. The other thing is our food and nutritional needs change as we change. So if you are still eating the same thing that you, the same diet that you were eating 20 or 30 years ago, you're on the wrong course because by now you, you need a different diet. It's kind of like, you know, when we have dogs, when they're puppies, we feed them puppy food. Then when they're adults, we feed them adult food. And then when they get older, we feed them senior food. Well, people are the same way. We need to change our diet based on our changes. Um, if you're finding that you're gaining too much weight or, you know, you're having too many other problems, um, then, then you might want to talk to a dietitian and say, what changes can I make now? What can I do to help me? And they should be very supportive of you. The other thing is new foods and, and beverages come out on the market all the time. And some of these foods are mislabeled. Some of these beverages say no sugar. And so you're thinking, oh, good. Well, unfortunately, they may have loads of other things that are actually turning into sugar in your body. So, you know, it, it's always a good idea to go talk with a, a nutritionist, um, a dietitian, and you can get a referral to one of those from your doctor because they're all over. And some of them are really good because they are diabetic consultants. And that's probably who you want to talk to if you're, if you're uh, diabetic. Uh, it's also important to prioritize your sleep. And this is something that most of us don't do like we should. You cannot and will not be healthy if you are sleeping at all hours and times and, and whatever of the day and, or night. Because what happens is if you go to bed at 11 o'clock and you get up at 7 <clears throat> and you do that for a few days, and then all of a sudden, here comes something really cool, and you go to bed at 1 o'clock, and you get up at 9. Now you've just thrown your, your, your eating time and your sleeping time two hours off. And so then, you know, you do that for a little while, and then it's like, well, I'll stay up till 3, and I'll get up at 11 or 12. Now you've thrown your eating and your sleeping times off another couple of hours. So... As difficult as it is, it is absolutely important to eat at, uh, as close to the same time every day and eat the same size meal every day as close to the same time, regardless of how you're going to do it. If you're going to eat a big breakfast and a, you know, a small lunch or a smaller dinner, that's fine. Whatever works for you. If you're going to eat a, a small breakfast and a big lunch you're going to want a smaller dinner, that's fine. But whatever you're going to do, do it and do it consistently and keep to the as close as you possibly can. Now, I know that life happens and, you know, sometimes it just does. 
but that also will help you go to bed at the same time and get up at the same time. And you may have to say to your co-workers or your friends or your family, sleep has to be a priority for me. In taking care of me, I have to sleep. I have to get rest. So, you know, do that. Um, and it you know, might seem kind of boring, uh, but it's going to be better for you overall. And you're going to find that you feel better. You're more productive and you get more done. The next thing that's really important is exercise. And I know exercise can be boring, but exercise is really important. And again, if you're going to, whatever you're going to do, if you're going to do stretch exercises, you're going to lift weights, you're going to walk, you're going to, you know, jog, you're going to do whatever you're going to do, try to do it around the same time every day so that your body gets used to that. And if you get yourself in a routine with, with sleep and exercise, and then you get out of that routine, you're going to feel really bad. Because your body's going to be saying, I don't like this. I want my routine back. Because that's what our bodies try to do. They try to keep working for homeostasis, which is the same. So once you develop healthy habits, you're going to want to keep healthy habits. Because you're not going to feel real good. If I, I work really hard to take chocolate and sugar and, and breads and you know, stuff out of my diet. And I did. Now, if I eat a bunch of it, yeah, I feel headachy and nauseous and just nasty. So it's really not worth it to do it, you know. I'm the same for sleep. Um, you know, if if I I and it's a good thing I have Cheddar because he's the dog of routine. Uh, we go to bed no later than eleven, and we get up at six or seven, and that's what we do every day just the way it is, you know, and, and you may have to tell your friends, don't call me after such and such a time, or don't ask me to do things after, you know, such and such a time, because I'm not going to, I'm not going to be available. The next thing that's really important is support. And, you know, that's one of the really cool things about ACB and the Zoom calls and, and the diabetics groups and um, all the different affiliates, because we do have a place that we can go to and hopefully have support, hopefully find other people who have the same things going on, whether it's, you know, you're, you're losing your sight and you're struggling with that, or you've been born, you've been blind all your life and, you know, you would like to talk to other people who have as well. Um, there's, there's always people out there that we can talk to who have the same or similar situation going on in their lives that we do. And it's not that those people are to tell you what to do, although they can say, you know what, I've tried such and such, and it was really helpful. I do such and such. and, And I found that, you know, that was really helpful. Sometimes that's helpful, but sometimes it's just helpful to have somebody to listen to you and and talk to you just just be there for you not tell you what you have to do or how you have to feel just just listen so yeah i mean and there are lots of different 
um, ways. There are various organizations online that you can get support. And some of those people are cited. And I would guess some of them are visually impaired. I don't know. Um, but there are, you know, online groups. There may be groups in your area. There may be groups in your church. Or you could start a group if you would like to do that. Yeah. If, if there's not a diabetic support group in your church and you go to a church with, I guarantee you, a lot of older people they would probably be happy to have a diabetic support group or even younger people because I work at Job Corps and three-fourths of our students ages 16 to 24 come in and they are borderline diabetic. Some of them are. They are borderline hypertension. Some of them are. And they are way overweight. And it's really sad, um, but it's, you know, because of the lifestyle that we live with our technology and we're not getting out. And a lot of these are city kids. And so the streets are unsafe. So they, they stay in the home and, and the more closely we are to our home, the more we're probably going to eat. <laughs> um, social activities. Those are very important for you because even if you're not talking about or thinking about diabetes or vision loss or whatever, you know, you need to get away from that from time to time and talk about other things. Talk about a movie that you saw or the music that you like or a book that you read or, you know, a restaurant that you want to go eat. Um, so you need to like move away from chronic illness because it becomes overwhelming if you live it all the time. And you do live it all the time, but sometimes you just need to step away in, in your own head and do something different. Uh, physical activity is, you know, definitely good. Even if it's not exercise, exercise, just taking a walk, you know, uh, dancing, something like that. So those are some things that we can do. Another thing to do is relax. And one of the best ways to relax is just focus on your breathing. And one way to help you with that is take one of your hands and just kind of stretch out your fingers. And, you know, don't have to do it till they're tense. Just kind of have your fingers apart. And then take your other index finger on the other hand. And start at the base of your little finger. And as you trace your finger up, your other, your index finger up your little finger, breathe in. Trace around the end of your finger and down to the curve there where it hooks on and breathe out. And you're going to do that with all five fingers. So let's start with our little finger. And breathe in up to the top of your finger, breathe out. Trace your ring finger up to the top of your finger and breathe out, back to the web. Trace your middle finger up to the top of your finger, breathe in, then breathe out. Back to the web. 
now you've got your, your index finger. Trace your index finger and breathe in up to the top of your finger and breathe out. Down to the web of your thumb. Trace your thumb and breathe in up to the top. Down the side and breathe out all the way down to the base of your hand. And if you make it a point to do that, just focus on breathing and your finger, you will notice that you become more relaxed. And what that does is lower that cortisol that we talked about that happens in our bodies when we're stressed. Um, then, you know, drink lots of water to get rid of the cortisol and then exercise so that you can get rid of the cortisol. That will keep your cortisol down. And the lower your cortisol is, the healthier your kidneys are going to be, the better your blood sugars are going to be controlled. And it won't help you bring back your sight, but it'll, it'll make you think clearer. And so then you can problem solve easier. Um, positive social interactions are good, regardless of whether they're on Zoom calls or you're going out or, you know, you're, you're getting involved in church. Um, whatever you're getting involved in, you know, I, right now there seems to be a big debate and discussion, which is pretty meaningless about, you know, all the Zoom calls. And, and some people are saying, well, yeah, but it's better to get out. Well, maybe for some people it is. Maybe for other people it isn't. Whatever you feel comfortable, do it. Social interaction is, is crucial. One online group is called Beyond My Battle, B-A-T-T-L-E dot org. Beyond My Battle. And another is The Mighty, T-H-E and then M-I-G-H-T-Y dot com. And those are two online support groups that you can talk about other you know, that you can talk to people who have your same conditions. And they have uh, groups up there for people with mental illness, people with diabetes, people with chronic pain disorder, just about whatever you can think about. The next thing that's very helpful is laughter. Gotta relax. Gotta have a sense of humor. You now, if you can... If you can think about and, and come up with uh, ways that you can laugh, whether you're listening to podcasts, whether you're listening to TV shows or comedy, whether you just have a beautiful, wonderful sense of humor, whether you have a friend who has a good sense of humor, <laughs> you know, laugh. Don't take everything so seriously because when we laugh, we release stress and we lower that old cortisol. When we take everything seriously and we worry about what people are going to think and what people are going to say and what, you know, did the person mean when they said such and such, or, you know, we raise our stress level. So you want to lower your stress level. Physical affection. You know, if you have a significant other, if you have a 
good friend that you can just sit close to or hold hands with or whatever. Uh, if you have a dog or two, um, physical affection, physical touch, that's a healthy thing. Um, because again, when we're, when we're physically in tune with somebody, we're touching them, uh, you know, we're sexually active with them, or we're just sitting intimately with them, our cortisol lowers. So if you have a, a relationship, you know, work on it to make it healthy. If you don't, you know, get a dog, get a cat, uh, go talk to children, whatever. Engage in creativity. When you're focused on creating something, whether it's art or music or dance or a sculpture or writing or drama, you know, role-playing, whatever, you are not thinking about your medical condition. You're thinking about whatever you're doing. You're thinking about creating. And that is another way to get your head away from your, your physical condition. Um, be assertive, you know. It's okay to tell people that you their suggestions are not helpful to you. You don't have to be nasty. You don't have to be mean. You can just say, I know you mean well, but that's not helpful to me. If you've had enough of medical, don't feel like you have to engage in hearing other people's medical problems or medical stories. That was one thing I had to learn as a therapist. I could not bring my clients' problems home with me, and I could not spend the evenings after a, after a whole day at work listening to other people and their problems. I had to give myself a break, and so do you. And sometimes you will need long breaks. Sometimes you'll need just brief breaks. But you can't constantly live the medical all the time. You know, you've, you've got to give yourself some, some space. Find out the facts about your medical condition and how it affects you. There are many people out there and many internet sources who love to tell you what to do and how to treat your medical. You know, people will say, oh, you can control diabetes by eating honey. Well, find out the facts about your medical condition and, and stick with them. Because what works for one person may actually kill another person. So. You know, be very careful when you're, you're handing out advice or suggestions and definitely be careful when they're handing it out to you um, because maybe they mean well again, but you know, not everything works for everybody. Um, when I developed migraines, somebody said, oh, if you, if you use ice cubes on your head, That'll free them out. I used ice cubes on my head and actually started a rheumatoid flare in my face, which was even more painful as possible than the migraine. So <laughs> find out the medical facts 
that relate to you. And remember, what works for one person may not work for another. Now, it's okay to say, you know, I tried this and it worked for me. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for somebody else. And then the last thing that we can do is practice spirituality or religion, whichever works for you. But the important thing is to somehow be connected to a higher power, something outside yourself that that is higher, whether it's the universe or nature or God or Jesus or whoever or whatever, um, practice religion or spirituality. So that's the suggestions I have. Uh, If you need to get in contact with me, uh, Larry and Danette have my email. And um, so feel free to send them an email and let them know that you'd like to get in contact with me. And if we have any questions or comments. Okay. At the moment, I'm not seeing any raised hands, Dr. Rail, but I'll, if you, if it'd be okay with you, I'd like to run through the commands for those just in case people sure. need to be reminded. Okay. Thank you. Uh, And just as a reminder, these calls are being recorded for your safety and security. So be sure and press the got it button so that then you will then be able to perform these commands that I'm going to about to give you. So if you're on a PC, if you'd like to raise your hand, you will do that with Alt Y, mute or unmute with Alt A. If you're on a Mac, you will raise your hand with Option Y, mute or unmute with Command Shift A. And on your smart device, the raised hand option is under the more button, which is located on the right hand corner of your screen. And the mute unmute button is a toggle and it's located in the lower left hand corner of your screen. And if you are on a standard telephone, you will raise your hand with star nine, mute or unmute with star six. And at the moment, I'm not seeing any raised hands. But we can ask a few questions while we wait, because usually as soon as we say there are no hands, hands pop up. Yeah. And we still have some time because we still have about 13, 14 minutes or so. Okay. Uh, some of the some of the things you've talked about, are, for me at least, are common sense. And mm-hmm. especially as it relates, I saw my wife as a type 1 diabetic go through a lot of nasty stuff because she was a brittle diabetic. and. And she taught me the fact that just because you're diabetic doesn't mean you have to adhere to what people tell you that diabetics should adhere to. She taught me convincingly that this is my body and I know my body better than any doctor. Mm -hmm. And and I know that some of the things that work for me won't work for other people. Mm -hmm. In fact, in my case, I'm a type 2 diabetic and I know that for a fact. There were things that she had to do that I didn't need to do as a type two. You can't just lump everybody into one big family in terms of how they should address diabetes or any other illness for that matter. It doesn't work that way. No, we're all different. And you will know when something you're doing isn't working for you because you will have a warning signal. Your body will tell you, I don't like the fact that you're eating so much chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah, Especially you go to a hotel like <laughs> like at our ACB convention. That's where you really got to watch it because you're going to be exposed to different kinds of foods, and they're yeah. made differently. And you're going to find out that oh, this 
isn't good for me after right. you've eaten it. So you, you've got to really be careful and your body, let your body dictate to you because it will. It will. And I think we have a question. Yes, we do. Grace, uh, you may unmute. Okay, I think I just discovered something really dumb. I'm sorry for wasting people's time. I was just going to say that, uh, you know, that uh, people are able to mute and unmute without having to raise their hand. I don't know. Sorry. Yes, that can be done. But it's, it's yes. easier if you do raise your hand and lower your hand. It makes it a lot easier on us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have a couple more. So, Danette, you are next. You may unmute. Okay. For, for me, you know, I think, yeah, that, I think that a lot of things right now that causes me stress right now is going to be traveling to Virginia, Arlington, Virginia here in about 10 days, which totally <clears throat> I haven't. I haven't traveled during the pandemic at all. What flown on a plane? I've taken the train, but not the plane. And just um, the thought of making sure that I brought enough insulin or that I eat the right things at the hotel or that, that I didn't forget anything. That is pretty much what's stressing me right now. <laughs> but those yeah. breathing, breathing tips with touching your finger and going down and touching all around and then taking th th that was good. I mean, no one needs to know what I'm doing when I'm on the plane. When I'm doing that. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that, that's one of the things when we deal with multiple issues, you know, we're blind, we may be partially deaf, we may have diabetes and therefore need certain diet needs or whatever. And, you know, we have multiple issues that we have to deal with and it can become stressful. And so, you know, the only thing that you can do is, first of all, decide how important it is that you even deal with this thing. But if it, if it is it's a family thing or a special dinner, then figure out how you can mitigate as many of these situations as possible or make it easier on yourself. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what you want to do is make it easy on yourself so that it's a pleasant thing or an enjoyable thing for you. I firmly believe that everything can be done in moderation. You just have to know where you are on that yeah. way of, of diabetes. And if you're not under control, you need to be really careful and maybe not do some of that stuff. But if you're under control, you can do a little, a few of these things, just beware and don't go crazy. Yeah, I mean, you can eat a half of a piece of cake sure. instead of a whole piece, or right. you can, um, you know, eat a very small, light breakfast instead of a, a heavy one mm -hmm. if you're going to dinner. That, that's what my friend used to do. Or instead of eating a whole portion of, I don't know, sweet potatoes or, or something, he would eat about half of it. So you can you can still do that. I always take stuff home when I'm out at a restaurant. Now, my brother John, on the other hand, says, I'll eat it all here. <laughs> but, but I will usually, when I'm done and I'm said, I'm okay, I don't want to eat anymore, I stop. Mm -hmm. and I usually bring most things home and I'll have it the next day. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And now you can enjoy that meal that you paid a ridiculous amount for twice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then I get stress over that. <laughs> <laughs> okay we have another raised hand would you like to go in and take that now okay Derek you may unmute 
<clears throat> yeah, hi there. Good evening. Um, first of all, uh, excuse me for being uh, informed, but I uh, I came across uh, this this uh, Zoom meeting via uh, ACN. I mean, excuse me, AC, uh, ACB um, uh, notification. I just joined in without really knowing what I was joining in on. Uh, but I do have diabetes, so I'm just curious if you could kind of give me an idea of what the general gist of tonight's meeting is. Is it about diabetes? Is it about stress? I, I'm just a little unsure. I think the first thing that that we that that the members wanted was to have like somebody come talk about burnout, dealing with a chronic disease, a chronic disease on an everyday basis. Okay, yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah, I figured as much from Sorry. Uh, Dr. the answer Wood. to your questions. Really, are yes. Yes, it, it is about all those things and ways to cope and ways to deal. Right, right, got it. You know, I'm going to ask the doctor one thing. Have you ever heard of uh, people going to bed feeling quite relaxed and waking up very tired in the morning and through oh, the yeah. day? Is that, is that, you know, I use the CPAP even though I don't, I don't feel any different whether I use it or don't use it. Uh, and I just can't really figure out what's going on. All I know is I have a lot of really weird dreams at night about people I know, things in the past, people, places, you name it. And I don't know if that's interfering with my sleep. Well, maybe it's time to have another sleep study so that you can be sure that your CPAP is okay and that you know, your, your blood sugars are okay, that your metabolism is okay. There are a lot of things that could be interfering. So it might be really important to, first of all, keep a log as best you can. And second of all, talk about that with your doctor so that the two of you can figure out what's going on. But you might I, have to have another sleep study. I, I was hoping to avoid that because I've already had two. And uh, on the second one, they uh, decreased my uh, CPAP pressure and mm -hmm. I didn't feel any difference. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of like, you want to scream in the morning when you wake up and you're feeling so tired. I'm very familiar with diabetes. I've been type one since eight years old. So I've had it a long time and I wear a CGM and I, uh, I'm very familiar with uh, do's and don'ts and how it affects you or how it affects me, I should say. And uh, so, but I just cannot get to the bottom of this, this uh, waking up every morning feeling and going through the day feeling like, uh, like I need to go to sleep almost. It's not a physical tiredness. It's, it's almost like a mental blog. Uh, um, like a mental fog that I wake up with and I go through the day with. I don't know. Ever heard of anything like that? Well, be sure you're not dealing with depression or anxiety or, you know, any of those things. 
But, you know, those things are very common to people, especially when you deal with multiple stressors. Erica, yeah. about yeah. Uh, five minutes, and we have two more hands up. So thank we you. thank you so much. Thank you very much. We want to get to these people if we can. Hi, Hi Il, you may unmute. Yay, thank you for pronouncing my name correctly. I appreciate it. Um, so so um, real quick, uh, Jesse, thank you so much for this topic. I was recently diagnosed. Um, I've been dealing with a lot of the shame factor, um, cultural shame associated with, with the condition. Um, and, and one thing that I've been really struggling with, I've been doing pretty well, but one thing that I've been struggling with is maintaining my routine on the weekends. What do you recommend for that? Because during the week, I, I have two jobs. Um, I have a regular eating schedule. I do pretty well. But in the weekends, I just eat whenever, wherever. I try to stay healthy. But it's eating, the routine, um, going to sleep late. Um, sorry about that. Um, just all those things. Just, get up, just go out the door on the weekends. What do you, what do you recommend? Well, if you feel like you, you need to stick with your routine because you're not feeling well or whatever, then keep your routine the same thing that you on the weekends that you do throughout the week. You know, some people give themselves a holiday. They give themselves a vacation. Yeah. And they might do that on the weekends. They might do it one day a week. They might do it one day a month or whatever they do. Um, but the more routine you are and the more you stick with that, the better you're going to feel. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll find something. I'll find something, but I'll find a way. But yeah, I'm just, I just want to get this. I'm already feeling better. Just the rest. It's the details. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. We have about a minute to go. So Marty, we're going to have to make this quick. Yeah. Uh, this is quick. Uh, doctor, great presentation. And um, I wanted to I wanted to say um, to Derek, if he's totally blind, maybe he should be evaluated for non 24 because I had that problem for many years. And until I participated in that study, um, that's when I that's when it was discovered that I did actually have non 24 and I'm taking medication for that. Well, that can certainly be a possibility. There are over a hundred sleep disorders, so you know <laughs> it can it can be like looking for a needle in a haystack. But once you find it, it's worth it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the uh, response. I, I I I still see light, but other than that, I see nothing. But I don't believe I have non twenty four. But I am very familiar with the medication for it as they uh, keep calling me about it thank you very much for joining us and with that we're going to wrap up dr uh, jesse rail has been with us all evening and it's been a terrific presentation thank you for doing this and we look forward to the calls that you will continue to have on acb community well thank you and feel free to uh, invite me anytime um but i also do a taking care of our mental health every Monday at five. And we talk about lots of different issues, medical, social, um, anything that helps improve the way we feel. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so very much. To join ACBDA, you can do that. You can send a note to acbdaorg 
at gmail.com. Dues are $10 a year. And uh, once again, acbdaorg at gmail.com. Thanks so much to Allison and Herbie uh, for being with us and helping us to, uh, to stream and to make this call successful. I'm Larry Gassman. Thank you so much, and good night, everyone. <laughs>